If you're looking for a show about everyday black dreamers and doers, you've come to the right place. Join me on a quest to find ordinary people doing extraordinary things, reinterpreting the rules of the game in order to achieve life on their own terms. I'm your host, Moses Tillman Young, and welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. In this episode, I interview Duve Weaver. He is a speaker and author of the new book, Chasing Our Dreams, Bound for Success. He lives in St. Petersburg, Florida. In our conversation, Duve and I discuss his dream cycle philosophy, the power of accountability, and how entrepreneurs need creativity to thrive and succeed in their businesses. Uh, so welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. Uh, today with me I have Coach D, uh, du- uh, Duve Weaver, and he is based in St. Petersburg, Florida, and he has the company Closer to Our Dreams, uh, he also has the media entity Reality Media, as well as a non-for-profit uh, Dreams to Reality. Uh, Duve Weaver, welcome to the Black Gold Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you so much, Moses, for having me. Uh, it's, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Um, and uh, Duve came uh, as a reference from Derek Coleman. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, um, I call it, it's the name of the episode is Practical Copywriting. So if you want to uh, up your copywriting game or just listen to his story, I highly suggest that you listen to that episode. Um, so uh, Duve, so how did you get into what you do? You say that you, people call you Coach D and that you're a speaker, you're an author, and you also have this media company. So how did you get started in doing what you do today? Yeah, well, it all started um, a long time ago when I was uh, basically coaching my son in sports. Um, and so that name kind of stuck with me with the Coach D um, as, I, of course, I was coaching the little kids. And then I started going into schools and basically talking to the youth. Um, I did have a job where I worked for a company called, it was a nonprofit called Coordinated uh, child care and we had an initiative a 2.5 million dollar initiative to go into high schools and basically mentor the at-risk youth um, and there's where I fell in love with like the mentoring and the helping people and coaching people um, because these were the kids that were like so-called counted out but they really just needed somebody that cared about them um, and so that's basically how everything got started. So uh, when did you decide to start pursuing that as a career? Um, I would say while I was mentoring, um, I basically had the book done. So it was, it was almost done and I just needed to submit it to the publisher. So once I submitted that, then everything else started to unfold. So getting speaking engagements um, and like I said, talking more so at schools and getting involved in that. I know for me, it was about the Great American Teaching. That was something that's done here in Florida 
um, and I just made sure I was always available. I would try to at least speak at one or two schools and uh, just try to have an impact in my community. Throughout your different becoming a mentor yourself, did you yourself have any mentors who helped you to do what you do today? Uh, actually, no, not not in the beginning as in regards to <clears throat> like, I didn't know this was my path I wanted to take. <clears throat> Excuse me, I guess war. Okay. But when I got started, I mean, there were some people that kind of wanted to help me, but they, of course, wanted to charge me a lot of money. But there was a guy named Edward Felder. Uh, I'll never forget him. And he, he's actually in Atlanta now. But he's someone who literally kind of took me under his wing and would kind of give me ideas, strategies on what to do once my book came out on how to tap into different markets and things like that. So he was like low-key my mentor, Eric Thomas. And Les Browns are the ones that I can attribute to me speaking because I saw Les Brown when um, I was younger and I was like, man, what is it he's doing? And I didn't, that's before I even knew motivational speaking was like a career. That was an option. Um, and so that kind of put me on. And then I started watching ETs. Uh, Thank God it's Mondays. And then pretty much the rest is history, man. We just got started making, um, making things happen. Wow. So as you were starting out, were there any instances where you thought this isn't for me? I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not worthy to do this. Uh, did you ever have any sense of you were failing in your career? Uh, no, I was, if anything, I wanted to double down. I mean, at the time I was working, you know, full-time job. So it made it harder for me to give back to my community and have a, a bigger impact. The job I was working at the time, I did not like, and I knew that, of course, it was paying the bills, but I knew I was called to do something more. Um, so, you know, I mean, just a little over four months ago, I was laid off of that corporate job, and it's actually essentially what has allowed me to launch my two other entities, the nonprofit and the second business. Um, I've done all that within four months. So and it's never been like a lack or fear of not feeling worthy. It was more of like, I wish I had more time to do it. And that's what I used to pray for God from God is like, if I could just get more time to do this, I know I'll be successful. And then that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because in, in your book, you state that uh, the most dreaded phrase you can ever say to a person who is entrepreneurial is that I'm just glad to have a job and I'm hanging in there. Uh, mm -hmm. Before you were, uh, laid off, did you think that you were just hanging in there or was there something deeper in terms of your work that you did previously and the work that you do now? Yeah, with the last job, because that was in commercial insurance, I knew while being there, I was just hanging in there for that. Um, but I would have a conversation with the people that worked there. I could tell my thought process was different because I didn't feel like that was the end. I just thought that was just the means to what I needed to do to supply for my family, provide for my family. And, uh, but I always had the vision of like, okay, this is what we do in long-term. We want to inspire people. We want to help people get closer to their goals and dreams. So um, I didn't, I've never had that almost like that cooler or water talk where it's like, oh, you know, I can't wait for Friday or whatever. It was more so like, I'm excited that because I know once I leave this job, I'm going to work on my business, you know? Yeah. 
the idea that you're, you're there just to make an income to support your business kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, the crazy yeah. thing about that with that job, uh, and I can attribute that to my success, is that I took every bonus that we got pretty much uh, every month, and I just put most of that in my business. And that's the reason why when I was laid off, I was able to kind of jump into it full-fledged is because I used that money to kind of get things going. So I already had an operating system. I've already had things set up to where I was good to go. Yeah. So do you think that people who want to become entrepreneurial should do that? Do you think that they should have a job or even a career and that they should use the resources from their career to fund their business? Yeah, I totally agree. Because like I said, that's what has allowed me to kind of, once I was laid off, to jump into a full-fledged um, I feel like the more you can pick a job or a career that aligns with your vision or your morals, it'll make it a lot easier of a transition. Um, I will say I have nothing against my ex-employer. I actually learned a lot from them. I was the employee that would go into the CEO's office and ask them, hey, why are we making certain decisions business-wise? And I was all I was doing was figuring out why were we doing certain things even thinking about operating margins, I would ask our treasurer, like, what, like, what is that? Like, what, what does that entail in regards to a business? And he would send, either send me a link to like a training or, hey, you need to watch this because it'll explain it to the T, what it does and what it can do for your business. So I was the employee that, although I was an employee, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to be here 30 years. I'm like, I'm going to capture as much information as I can I'm going to apply it to my business. And then that way I know for sure it has helped me transition a lot easier. Throughout, throughout your career, <clears throat> have there been any um, tools and resources that you can attribute to what you do today? Um, let's see, tools and resources. That can be like books. It could be trainings. It could be anything. Yeah, in regards to... The job or just in general? Uh, Generally into uh, what you do today, yeah. Yeah, so um, there's two courses in particular that I took last year that's literally kind of helped me take off. So one was by Billy Genius Marketing, and that was like how to start a marketing agency in 30 days, right? So I took that course. That was right when the pandemic happened, and I was like, man, I got to do something else because I just felt something happening. And so I was like, what is the one skill I could learn that no matter what, people will always need that? And that was marketing, uh, video production. Those are the two things that really gravitated toward me. So I learned that. Then the other thing was like building a coaching program or like almost having that kind of leg in your business. So I took another course with Brendan Bouchard, um, the high performance coach. And I also invested a lot of money but I invested in actually getting a one-on-one coach, high-performance coach. And those three things alone, like that's what helped me trajectorily take off because I was applying what I learned right away. I think what happens to a lot of us is like we either read a book or we take a training or we do a class and we never apply what we just learned. So nothing is done. So like they say, knowledge is power. I don't believe that. I think applied knowledge is power especially when we use it and take action so 
speaking about taking action, you have something called the dream cycle philosophy. Can you please uh, explain more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So that's something I coined in my book um, where we talk about the three phases when you're going after your goals and dreams. So we feel like phase one is manifesting the dream. What happens to a lot of people is they have so many dreams that they don't know which one is like the golden ticket, right? So for me, my golden ticket was writing the book. Once I wrote the book, it allowed me to start walking through the different doors that I needed to get to in order to become successful. Um, So a lot of times people just need to figure out what is the one big goal and dream that they have that if they just start moving towards that, they'll be good to go. Second, the second phase is creating the vision. Okay, so even once you have the dream, you have to sit down and come up with a strategic game plan to make it happen. I think that's where a lot of people mess up. They just kind of start going after stuff and never saying, hey, what's my target? What am I shooting for? So you can never measure that. <clears throat> and then the last thing is phase three, and that is taking massive planned action, right? So when you're able to do that and it's strategic, then you will be able to start creating what's called momentum. Um, so one of the reasons I'm dead set on this is <clears throat> I literally have done it. Like it's not something I just read in a book. And like, just say, hey, I'm going to do this. I've literally done this. I applied the three phases to my life, what I wanted to do. And now I'm literally proof. Like I've literally had to restructure my goals and dreams because I'm, I'm achieving them now. So now I got to go, go back and say, all right, what's the new goal and dream? And here's the beautiful thing about it. There's no age. Like, there, like it doesn't mean, oh, you got to do this at 18. Like you could do this at 60. You could do this at uh, 50, 40. Whatever goal or dream you want to go after, if you apply this dream cycle philosophy, you will be successful if you're willing to put in the work. So you talk about the pandemic in terms of having to shift your perspective from your previous career and getting more deeper into what you're doing right now. Um, How else has the pandemic affected what you're doing? Um, It actually has allowed us to amplify and kind of go worldwide, to be honest. Um, So before the pandemic, we were only focusing on local, like doing local and live events. And because of the pandemic, we've literally had to figure out, like, how can we transition and help people online? Um, So that's literally allowed us to be in different markets like the UK, Australia, London. Um, People are literally hitting me up from all over, even Japan at one point. Um, asking for help. So the beautiful thing about, well, I won't say beautiful, but the the way we've been able to transition during the pandemic has been good because of things like the internet and Zoom, being able to jump on a Zoom call and literally coach somebody that's all the way across the world. Uh, Some of the members on my team, they're in the Philippines. So, I mean, we literally just, I just had a call with somebody this morning where we jump on a Zoom call, we learn, hey, what we need to do to restructure the business or create a course and then we get to work um so that's what the pandemic has done for us business-wise um with the the pandemic have you found it that people are either in need of more uh, of your service more coaching or do you think that people have been able to sort of find it for themselves either through literature or other previous resources? 
No, I, I do think now more than ever, people are looking for these type of services because uh, like I, I wrote the book Chasing Your Dreams like five, six years ago, but I think it's relevant now more than ever because like companies are not figuring out ways they can downsize. So as we continue to be in this pandemic, that's what companies are continue to do. And so people need to figure out uh, another stream of income they can create. And usually that's by starting a business. It's not really about getting a second or third job. It's about figuring out what business can they do or start where they can subsidize their income and start bringing in enough to where they can at least make the decision, hey, do I want to stay or do I want to, you know, go some and do something else? So within your experiences of this year, um, have there any been, have there been any uh, businesses or business, business ideas that you've come across that have flourished during this time? Um, well, I know for sure, coaching, you're going to see a lot of coaches and experts online because it's easier to do so. <clears throat> and then also Shopify stores or e-commerce stores. You're going to see a lot of people um, starting their own brands. And they, I tell people, look, you can literally compete with a Nike, Adidas, a Reebok now because of um, companies like Facebook, where you can literally go in and market right to your audience. And like, that's the two main ones I see right now. So the coaching and consultant industry, and I would say e-commerce. Um, there's been studies that show that the pandemic has literally like launched that industry because of people being home and just shopping. <laughs> so that's where it was helped. So do you think that the coaching industry, is it just for um, like life coaching or is it for other things as well? Other types no. of coaching? No, I think it's all types of coaching. Cause I mean, you got spiritual coaches, you got life, you got business consultants, you got marketing. So there's different types. It's really just about picking your lane. I mean, there's yoga coaches. So there, I mean, there's different things you can do as far as getting certified. Um, I don't think that it's required for a person to be certified. Like some of the best training I've gotten is not from people that are certified. And I think that's the reason is because they're not trying to use a certain model. They're kind of training you from the heart versus just using a specific model. So have you worked with, with anyone recently that has found um, massive success in say what you do in terms of uh, motivational speaking and coaching? Yeah, actually uh, the person I just got off the phone with right before this call, he's actually someone who started um, years ago and then he started his own uh, network. It's called Black, in, uh, Black Speakers Network. Um, and basically it's motivation, but it's also about giving services to the people in the network. And so he's like literally doubling down since the pandemic? Yes. Mm -hmm. And, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, because he, he's, of course, transitioning and doing more online events. So it just makes it a lot simpler to operate. Yeah. What would you say people do incorrectly whenever they want to start a coaching business? Is there any one thing you would say that you shouldn't do blank? What would that blank be? Yeah, I, I think some people try to do too much research and try to make it like perfect. 
And, and my thing is just start small. Don't try to coach a hundred people before you've coached like two, three or four or five. Right. So as you coaching those smaller amounts of people that allows you to come up with the framework. Once you come up with the framework, then that's when you can try to expand and make it reach more people. But I think that's what holds a lot of people back is they try to come up with a lot of research and do a lot of research. And it's really just about let's getting the practice in. Um, I know for me, I've been speaking eight years. So, I mean, I didn't get good until I think like year five or six. Um, but that was just because I kept kept going at it. I kept going and getting the practice in and getting better and better. How do you think someone today can get their first coaching client? Um, by being authentic, man. The, the world is craving authenticity right now. And so, I mean, even just being honest, saying, hey, look, um, I've been in this industry for such an uh, amount of years. This is something I can help you with. Um, and just being authentic and not trying to say, hey, I know everything, but just double down on what you do know. Say, I am the expert at this because of this. Like for me, I've been in customer service for 20 years. So I know about customer service. I know how to make sure customers are happy and uh, excited about their products and stuff. So it's not something where I read it in a book. Uh, it's a real life experience. Is there a way to reach out to find your ideal uh, person that you'd want to coach? Is, are there methods, are there tactics that one can use to, to find those people that they would want to help out? Yeah. So in my opinion, you should always have your ideal client. That's going to vary from person to person. For me and our company, it's someone that wants to or aspires to start their own business, um, especially right now because we want to help a thousand people this year start their own business, but not just start it, also have a successful business. Um, so I think it's really up to the person that's running the coaching program to have their own avatar, what their ideal client looks like to them. Um, and that's not something they can read in a book. That's something they have to literally figure out on their own. And also understanding that in the beginning, sometimes you may get a bad client where it's like, but you got to know that up front and say, hey, look, you know, all right, we've gone this far. At this point, I don't think I can help you. And just understanding that this is okay, that's okay. Um, I think a lot of times when you're starting out, you don't want to get that bad review, um, especially if it's somebody that's like new and they're trying to figure it out and you're also trying to figure it out. So you don't want to get like a one star, but you also just got to recognize, hey, this is not a good fit. Let's cut ties and move forward. Yeah, it's the idea that if you mess up that that that's what's going to be for the rest of your like career but it's you need that that's just the one one time thing you need to continue got to keep on going and again you may mess up down the road mm -hmm. but it's not a definer it doesn't define what you do who you are it's just an obstacle that you need to learn how to overcome exactly are there any um, obstacles that you have had to overcome in terms of either getting started or having an issue in terms of, you know, your, your team or any other kind of like software? Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago in Texas, we had this, uh, <laughs> this freak storm. And so um, has there been, been anything um, like that or, you know, not such, um, not of that magnitude? 
that has interfered in your business and caused you to either like double think about what you're doing or that has caused you to reevaluate and to shift? Yeah, I mean, this early on, but I would just want to share this because I don't know your audience, but when I first got started, the biggest problem was the resources. I didn't have the resources to be able to say, hey, yeah, I can pay for this course that I know I need to take in order for me to level up and go to the next level. Um, and so what I had to do was just get creative. Um, the, the people at the library know my family personally. And the reason is because we know when you go to the library, a lot of people, like it's the most underutilized resources out in the world. You can go to the library and literally check out any book you want on any topic and learn it. So a lot of people don't realize, like, like you could say, yeah, I don't have the resources, but then you've also just got to get creative and figure out where can I go to get the information that I need. So I'm, anyone listening to this, look, if you don't have the money, don't stress about not having the money. Search about what you want to learn and go to your local library. And then I guarantee you there'll at least be one or two books that you can pick up. I'm not saying it's going to have all the answers, but it'll at least give you something where you can just get started. Are there any books in particular that you would recommend to the listeners? Uh, a kind of shameless plug, <laughs> but my book, Chasing Your Dreams, Bound for Success, when I tell you, uh, one of the people that read it actually told me this. They said it's literally the ultimate guide to how to chase your dreams. Because I literally talk about like mindset. A lot of times when people are trying to make the shift from going from employee to CEO, like they don't understand, like you can't come and be a CEO with that same employee mindset. That's going to set you up to fail. Um, another book I'll suggest is something called The Secret. Um, the Secret is a book I read a long time ago, and it still has stuck with me. Uh, just talking about like the law of attraction, like what, what you put out there or what to come back to you. Um, so things like that. And I really feel like if you, are, if you read material, you should also be figuring out how can you apply it to your life. I'm not saying like if you read a book on 10 principles, don't try to apply all 10 principles just apply one. And then as you apply one and you get that down, all right, now I can apply another one. And then you just keep getting better and adding more. And then next thing you know, you'll be applying all 10, but not all at once. Yeah. And I remember reading somewhere that someone said that uh, success is like a, a ladder in that mm -hmm. it's not a huge like leap to get to the next rung, but it's like tiny steps. And then eventually you find yourself at the top of the ladder um, in, in your field. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, I have heard that saying, unfortunately, social media and their internet makes it feel like when you follow somebody that they just made it to the top. And I think yeah. what that's why it's so important for me when we tell stories and we do things that we talk about the journey of what it took to actually get here. Um, and the reason we want to do that is because we don't want people to think, oh man, we you just woke, I just woke up and I had three entities. No, I had to work, <laughs> I had to put in the grind. I'm working sometimes 16 hour days, 18 hour days, but I'm like, it's cool because I enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. 
right? But it's also hard at times. So I think being transparent and understanding that really helps. And people got to know that before they even start taking the journey. Um, speaking about passion, do you think that passion is something that someone has to have within them? Or do you think that over time they need to find their passion in terms of having a passion to do the work that they want to do? Yeah, I think it is, it's over time. It builds. Because if you asked me at 21 or 20, when I was 20, what I was going to be doing, it was playing in the NBA. It was, it, it was not, it was not coaching people. It was not mentoring kids. It was nothing like that. But over time, I felt like God has put this calling on me, which has been a little uh, unique at times because it felt, and sometimes I resisted it. Like, no, nah, man, I don't want to do this. I don't know. Like, this ain't me. I don't want to do this. I want to play basketball. But I just kept getting the nudge. Like, no, this is what you need to be doing. Um, and so when I got that call a little over four months ago, when I got laid off, it was actually, I got scared for a split second, but then it was like, God was pushing me like, oh, this is what I've called you to do. And now you'll be able to help more people. And then as you become more successful, you give me the glory and then, you know, everything else will come into place. So I do think that over time, a passion can be developed. Um, cause you, you know, I mean, at 17, 16, we don't know what we want to do. Um, so that's what also the point of having mentors and people that come into your life. Like for example, watching the Les Brown, I still remember watching that first Les Brown DVD where you talked about when you fall down, just make sure you land on your back so you can get up. <laughs> so I was like, man, you know, I still remember that. That was like almost over 10 years ago, but I still remember it because it was so powerful. Yeah, that's one of my favorite uh, Les Brown tapes as well. Okay, okay, yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it is pretty, pretty cool, the idea that if you can uh, look up, you can get up. And so it's that idea of wherever you have your eyes, you can also move your body to get there as well. Mm-hmm, I love that. Yeah. So in terms of actually getting stuff done, uh, what do you recommend to someone who has their plan laid out? They have these ideas, they have things like the software set up and all that, the website set up, but they're just having difficulty taking action. What would you say the first step that they should do in order to have like the domino effect of, of action taking? Yeah. I love this question. I'm um, getting chills now as we talk about it. It's it's about their environment. So you got to get, you got to make sure you get around other people that are aspiring to be what you are and they're further along than you. Because I guarantee you when you're in those conversations, like you're not thinking about the small things that maybe other people are not. So I'll give you a perfect example. Like when I started on this journey um, of entrepreneurship, a lot of my friends are not in the same path. So what I understood uh, innately is that I can't, if I want to become successful at being an entrepreneur, I need to get around other entrepreneurs. If I want to make a million dollars, I need to get around other people in business that are making a million dollars. And so I'll tell this person, you got to get around people that are movers and shakers in the industry that you want to be in. And then you also have to have what's called accountability partners, right? And sometimes that's even 
partnering up with a business partner with the strategic intent of I'm partnering with this person because I know they're going to push me and I know they're not going to allow me to just kind of let my dreams stay dormant. Right. So I'll give you a perfect example. Someone I've been doing events with um, is coming up on four years now is someone I strategically partnered with because I knew that he was a project manager at heart and that's what his profession was. So he would always be like, all right, what are we doing? What's the next step? And it wasn't just about this rah-rah, hey, we excited. It was like, all right, what are we doing? How many sales are we making? Um, like, are we, do we got the website up? Like all that type of stuff is important, especially when you're trying to build something and start getting customers. So it's the idea of having a, a group of people, mm-hmm. at least a group that, that can yeah. encourage one another. So then that way there's no one that's, that's lacking, no one with need, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and one of the things we're closer to our dreams, which I'm super excited, I'm partnering with my cousin with, and um, that's why I'm excited about that, but we say we wanna create a community of dreamers. We want people to get in our community, so not so that they can feel like, oh, it's exclusive, so that we can help each other, so that we can lift each other up, because we understand that when you're going after a golden dream, it's gonna be a lot of people beating you up, saying, man, you need to quit. Yeah, that dream ain't paying due or that that goal you're going after, you're not, you're not getting any traction. And so the goal is to create a community where you can come in there, you can share your goals and dreams and not feel like you're going to get attacked. You're going to get encouraged. Like, man, what do you need? <clears throat> How do we get you to the next step? You know, and that's why we're so passionate about it. Where do you think people can go to find more people that are, doing what they do either in their area or as you you say that you've come to realize now since um since covid uh you can have a global reach um are there any places people can go to to find those like-minded people yeah absolutely i'll give you um a few so anybody listening to this so one right now i'm sure everybody knows about uh clubhouse So Clubhouse is a great opportunity for you to jump into communities. And not only can you jump into the community, you can actually learn something if you get on all the right calls. Go in there with the heart to serve and just connect. Don't try to go in, you know, pitching whatever you're doing. Just go in to learn, listen, and connect with people. The other one is Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group for everything, (laughs) okay? So if you just search in the little Facebook search, And then uh, it'll tell you if there's a group for it and then just join it. I would say you, the the bigger the group, the harder it is to engage. So try to find ones that are a little bit smaller because they're still trying to connect with everybody. So it makes it a little easier. And then the other thing is uh, YouTube. Believe it or not, there are a lot of uh, people that create communities around YouTube and you can literally go in there, comment, meet some people, and you might meet some good connections that could either turn into business partners or you never know. So you're saying to, with YouTube, they need to go into the comments and look for people that are like-minded in terms of what they say about videos? Yeah, yeah. And then just try to stay around people like that. Like, of course, there's gonna always be negative people. So just go comment on a queue. And just keep it positive. Sometimes you'll reach out to one of them. And a lot of the people, especially when they have a smaller channel, are open to being on things like this, podcasts, 
uh, or being interviewed. A lot of people want to be interviewed. So just when you think about YouTube, go on there, try to connect with the YouTuber. Of course, the smaller their channel is as far as subscribers, the more willing they are to connect with you. Um, and then you never know what can happen. And then I'll give one more. And I think not everyone should start a podcast, but at least you should try to at least be in a podcast community because I feel like even if it's maybe executive producing one or being on a podcast team, like for example, I was on a radio show the other day where they asked me to be on permanently, um, but it felt good because it was community. Like they were talking about things that were going on in the community, uplifting the community, educating the community. Um, so you get all those things when you think about tapping into like a podcast. Yeah. And also the thing about that I've come to realize about um, podcasting uh, personally as a student is that the questions that I ask on the podcast, they it has helped me to ask like better questions in classes. Mm. In terms of asking, especially now, like with the uh, you know, pandemic at home online schooling and doing like live Zoom classes every day, you need to find a way to ask a question so then your instructor can get what you're saying without much explanation as, as is required in the, you know, standard uh, like live face to face classes. So yeah. I found this to be really helpful in terms of asking questions in a way that they understand and they can also give me feedback in the way that I need it. Yeah, I love that. Um, and in my opinion, like if you look at some of the or watch some of the best podcasts that are done, it's usually because the interviewer is asking amazing questions. It's yes. al allow It's allowing the the guest to kind of engage and be like oh man like I love being on this because you're asking engaging questions questions that can actually help the listener um, so yeah I think those are the podcasts or um, shows that take off so speaking about YouTube speaking about podcasts do you think that people who are on to a podcast should also be on YouTube or do you think that they should be two separate entities? one for audio and another for video? I really just think it's the person's audience. Uh, in my opinion, how we're going to do it is we're going to have both. So the beautiful thing about podcasts is you can literally set up to do the podcast, right? But then also have your film team there recording everything. So I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk, but um, that's someone where I watched him do that model like for years. And I was like, oh, that just yeah. makes sense. Because now... He explained why he did it. So one, they get the podcast transcribed. So then that's now you could turn that into written content. Then you also have the video, which put it on YouTube. Then you can monetize it. All right. And then you have the podcast um, where you can go on Anchor, where you can go on all these different platforms. So it's really just about um, being on different platforms for your audience to engage. Some people would rather listen to the audio. Some people would rather watch the video. Some people would rather just sit down and read it. So you just want to make sure that you can tap into each one of those. Yeah. And, and for the listeners who don't know, um, Anchor is a platform that can allow you to uh, host your podcast. It's completely for free. It's like the, uh, the YouTube of audio almost mm -hmm. in that you can, they give you these amazing like 
mid-rolls and they give you background music and you can just set up your podcast really easily. You can record directly on their app on the iOS or Android or even on your computer. So yeah, I had to plug them right there. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, So how long have you been doing your coaching business? Um, I mean, I've been coaching people and mentoring people for, like I say, six, seven years. Um, I just really focused this year on helping adults mainstream because I want to help people launch their own business. Um, So it's pretty much at the beginning of the year, we kind of pivoted. I focused on doing just a few one-on-one clients. Like I said, we're shooting probably two or three documentaries this year. So I also wanted to make sure I didn't stretch myself too thin. Um, The thing I'm super excited about is we're about to launch our six-week academy called Dreams to Reality Academy, where the goal is by the end of the six weeks, we want someone to have a business that can generate them income. Um, And what I'm excited about that is I have some of the best speakers and trainers out there that have already given me some of their content, and we're just here to serve people. And I'm making it affordable for people on different levels. So it shouldn't be like an excuse, like, oh, I don't have the money. Like, we're going to make it affordable, and we're going to make sure that we're there to serve the people to make sure they're making money. So you started, you said, six, seven years ago. So 2013, 14, when you got started, correct? Yeah, pretty much around there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, in terms of job security, uh, because with the 2008, the financial crisis that was one of the like major questions at the time and Mm -hmm. with the 2020 again that same kind of situation happening with the pandemic um have you found yourself to be uh mentoring those type of people who have issues with uh job security and that's why they want to start their own businesses is that the main reason why you is that uh, sorry is that uh, are those the main people that you work with currently no, um, actually, some of the people I've worked with are people that have jobs. I have good paying jobs, but they know that's not what they are called to do. And they want to start their own business. Um, but that's not to say I don't want to help the people where they need to understand they're going to need to transition. That's just the clientele that's gravitated towards me as well. Um, some people may think they can't afford our services. And that's the main reason I put on YouTube um, a lot of free content. And the the content that I put on there, in most cases, is very actionable where people can take these steps and start generating income. So I don't want everyone, I don't want anyone to ever feel like, oh my goodness, closer to our dreams, like their prices are crazy. It's not like that. We want people to go to the YouTube channel, like get inspired, not just get inspired, take action from what they listen to. Um, what kills me is the people that watch, sit on YouTube and watch two, three hours of content to help them, but they never apply anything they just sat there and watched. So it's like, you don't know if it would have worked or not because you didn't even apply it. Um, so that's that's my thought process on it. Yeah, speaking about application, I noticed that in your book, you also have these like thoughtful, reflective questions after each chapter to help you understand what you've read um why did you put those sections into the book 
Yeah, man, it's funny you asking that. Oh, man, these are some great questions. I love it. So I did that because I don't know about you, a uh, long time ago for myself, when I was in high school and uh, somewhat, somewhat middle school, the main reason I remembered a lot of stuff was because at the end of each chapter was there was a chapter review. And so I said, when I was writing my book and I was looking at other authors and reading their books, I was like, they're not really um, putting that at the end of their chapter. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to put it in there so it'll help people, one, reflect on what they just learned. But not only that, I don't know if you remember, I also asked them, what are they going to do differently? Because I feel like it's it's cool to read the book, but what are you going to do differently now that you 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 know that it's wrong? Now, what are you going to do to fix it or move towards your goals and dreams? And I think that's when people read the book, that's why I'm starting to get the response like, man, this is like the ultimate guide to how you chase your dreams. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so is there anything upcoming for you that is going to be revealing either another book or, as you said previously in the interview, a, a documentary? Yeah, so the, I got a, a lot going on, but the main thing is going to be the six-week academy, which I'm super excited about that. I'm, I'm doubling down on that because we're working on partnering with Full Sail University. Um, I'm hoping that goes through. Um, if it does, we're just doubling down. And like I said, our goal is to help a thousand people start their own business. And then, yes, we have started talks with um, writing up my second book, which I'm teaming up with another author where we have a unique experience where we both were laid off. So we want to talk about that, but not only that, talk about how we both had businesses that allowed us to sustain ourselves and our family um, while being laid off. Um, so we want to highlight that and talk about how to build a business while you're still working corporate America. Okay. So in doing um, Closer to Our Dreams TV, uh, you also have another company called Reality Media. Uh, did that company come out of Closer to Our Dreams TV, or was it something that was completely separate from that? Yeah, it's separate from that, and that stemmed from a personal experience I had where I hired some um, marketing agencies to do some particular work for me. And to be honest, like I couldn't tell you what they did for me because I didn't, I wasn't educated on the topic. So with reality media, it's twofold. So I do have the marketing team of over 60 people that can help fulfill projects, but we're also going to be educating current business owners like on what it looks like to have a social media campaign, how much you should be spending um, when you're getting a website, SEO and all that type of stuff. So that way we can educate them and then they can make a educated decision on do we need to hire an agency or can we do this ourselves until we build to the point where we need an agency. Um, so that's what that stemmed from. And they also have a nonprofit called Dreams to Reality. Can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So Dream to Reality Foundation is a nonprofit where we're going to go into middle schools and high schools and teach the kids about entrepreneurship and different professions that may not be glorified. So um, in, in industries like procurement, like you ask a kid, what is procurement? They couldn't tell you, right? So we want to go in and just talk to the kids about the baker, the butcher, the candlestick maker, and people that have different professions that maybe they just didn't know about. Um, and we plan to partner with different schools, go in and do either one or two day workshops 
to help the kids get a good idea of what they can become. What would you say is a profession that that the kids don't really know that much about? Mm, I would, I'm, I'm just going to say it again, procurement. I mean, right out the gate, it's a six-figure job. Uh, you don't need any college. You just need credentials um, and some, like, soft training. But that's pretty much it. One of my business partners, um, he has his PMP license. Since we're, I think, a project manager, um, or could be project manager of procurement. Um, but basically, it's a certification that says he is able to do the work. Um, and he's doing that for New York Life, a Fortune 100 company. No college education. Um, not saying college education is bad. It's just that people should know there's other options. Because a college, just be honest, Moses, you know, college is not for everybody. There's a reason why there's a lot of freshmen when you go to school. And then by the time you become a senior, it's not many people graduating, right? And so yeah. it's because college is not for everybody. Yeah. And with that, do you think that people can take their previous experiences in university and they can apply it to their entrepreneurial career? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that's possible. Um, the biggest thing you should take from it is the networking. Like some of the, the people I've met at college, I mean, I'm still friends with them today. To this day, I went to St. Leo University uh, and I'm still friends with some of those people that I went to school with. So it's really about like building the relationships. I tell anybody listening to this podcast, man, if you want to be in business or if you want to do, if even career-wise, it's all about relationships. The reason why I was able to launch a company and have customers within a week was because I had relationships with people and they felt good about giving me money, right? <laughs> so it's also the same in career development or whatever you're trying to do the people that you create relationships with, they're going to remember who you are. They're going to remember how you made them feel. And that's why it's always important to make sure you're positive and uplifting because they're going to remember that. And then they also going to remember if you're negative and you're a negative Nancy and you're just always talking bad about somebody. So I always try to stay positive, even if there's a lot of negative going on. Yeah. Is there a dream that you have that you'd say is has been like your life goal dream yeah uh, it's actually multiple so what the first dream was writing the book the first book getting that book done like literally you know changed my life it's allowed me to do all these different things i'm doing the second dream was becoming a full-time entrepreneur <laughs> so being able to do that now running three separate entities and then now, but I'm still dreaming big, Moses. I'm not done. Like, that's it. That's the thing. Like, you just keep changing the dream. Now, the next dream is within the next 15 to 20 years is to buy the Orlando Magic and bring them back to my city, St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, so I know that's a huge goal. But what excites me more than just that goal and dream is who do I have to become in order for that to even happen? Right. So for me to even even think about owning a basketball team, who do I need to become in order to shape that and make that a possibility? And so that's what excites me. Well, um, Duvet, thank you so much for your time today. 
I have one more question for you. And that is, if you had the ability to send the worldwide text, what would your message be? Oh, that's a good one. Um, and I guess I gotta stick with, stick with my heart, man. I would say chase your dreams because at the end of the day, your dreams can impact generations. Why would it be that? Be, because I, I feel like that that's basically in essence me. Uh, me chasing my dreams and being able to achieve them has allowed me to not just change my kids' life, but change my kids' kids' life. And not only that, now what I'm doing in the community. So if I had not chased that dream, it would not have allowed me to help as many people as I'm about to help. And I feel like there's a lot of people out there where their their dreams are dormant somewhere and they're not even thinking about them. But if they were to just chase that dream and go after it with everything they got and they achieve it, not only does it help them, it helps their community, it helps their family, and it helps generations beyond them even understanding. Well, Devay, this is a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Moses, man. And I'm just grateful to be on the show, man. Truly appreciate it. Nah, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Black Gold Podcast, Stories of Black Dreamers and Doers. Please go ahead and subscribe and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast right now so then it can reach more people. If you want to get in touch with me personally, go ahead and send me an email at blackgoldpod at gmail.com. If you want to talk about the show or if you want to talk about how to create your own podcast, where you can find people and talk with them about the topic of your interest. If you want to go further into doing that, make sure to go to www.blackgoldpod.com and go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom and get yourself a copy of the Side Gig Podcast Guide. It's a guide that I put together for you to start a quality podcast on a low budget. So go ahead and do those things, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening.